Well, hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. It's great to be back with you. We haven't been, we haven't done this for a we're while. We're back. Every time we take a break, they give us a new set. <laughs> it's great. Isn't this beautiful? <laughs> this is, I love this And apparently this it's set. not even done yet. There's going to be more. It's going to be even more pretty than it is now. But yeah, it's great to be back with you. We've been off for a while. We had a baby in the spring last year. Well, we had a baby and then we recorded some. Oh, and we then we stopped recording yeah, it's because. It turns out six just kids life. are a lot to take care of. <laughs> Let's talk briefly, just for a moment, about it. like, yeah, we had a baby. It was postpartum stuff. We did a great postpartum episode, I think. Oh yeah, I think that's that, one that of our was best one of the few episodes, that we did. Actually, but it's it's man, it's a tough part in our, our lives right now. We've got older we've got older kids, you know, approaching the teenage years with a lot of big emotions and a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we've got a little baby, you know, and they're so good yeah. with the baby, the older kids. Yeah. But it's just a lot going on right now. It's yeah. sometimes it's nice to to bump up against advice we've given publicly in the past, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and see that yes, indeed, we were right. Yeah. Um, like it is really important to have date nights, mm-hmm. frequent date nights with your spouse, and I'm talking about like not intimate date Net- nights. That's important. That's or what I'm Netflix saying. and chill. I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, well, like yeah, we Netflix. need to get a babysitter and talk to one another. Yeah, we were actually about a month ago. We were scheduled, yeah. and we were trying to get ready for the episode. And we were going through the notes, and we were <laughs> we were like arguing over the episode. We were we were not able to settle on what we were talking about, and then we kind of realized, wow, we are just not. We, we need to take some time and and get ourselves yeah yeah like so, back in order, you know. Yeah, we're we're a show in which our married relationship is like is the is like the the fruit of this show is like the fruit of our sacrament so yeah date nights are super important and i was actually thinking about it leading up to this you know way back in the beginning we talked a lot about this we've talked about it for a while but sort of the ethos of our show is we're we're not here primarily to primarily to teach and certainly not to teach authoritatively or on behalf of the church you know we we want to to as faithfully as we can share what the church teaches the truth good and beauty of the church goodness and beauty of the church um as well as teach about the virtues i mean that's a that's a big thing of ours, of mine, you know, something we've, we've gotten excited about and we think is a really important part of this whole equation. But more than anything, it's about the conversation. It's about kind of like walking through th- our experiences and yeah. our, our, our trial and error and troubleshooting of trying to live a, a good Catholic life as a couple, yeah. as a family. Uh, Taking what the church has given us yeah, and putting it into our unique time and place and marriage and environment of marriage and wounds and, you know, sinfulness and triumphs um, and the unique souls that God has put (laughs) under our care. Like, yeah. And if nothing else, just to be, you know, a a voice of encouragement to, especially the the parents out there, the mothers and fathers, the husbands and wives who are trying to live out this, uh, this ordinary vocation of the Christian life, which is to family uh, it is in this vocation, it is in this context, through these children, through th- th- this money and this home and this garden and the work and the school and the mess. It is in this that we are to be the saints that God has created us to be. And so um, if if nothing else, if we can be a voice of encouragement to to keep on going, keep trusting in God, keep keep troubleshooting, keep talking to your spouse, keep fighting it out when ne- with necessary, because uh, God is with you, then, then we're doing what we hope to do. And that being said, if you find it encouraging, (laughs) please like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, all those things, things. um, because it, it helps us gauge what is going on. We can't 
anyway, yeah. Yeah, elevateordinary.com. You can check out other episodes. You can subscribe and you can uh, contact us and let us know what you think and what you want to hear about. And yeah. Today, so. yeah, today we're talking about uh, leadership and managing up. That was kind of the, the title we were working with. Uh, and there's a number of places we want to go with this, but I want to start out by talking about leadership and sort of the kind of the priesthood of all believers or all, of all Christians idea that, that, so in, in the church, right, we have, we have hierarchy, we have priests and bishops and all, and all that, right. And that's an important true thing, but we also recognize as Catholics that each of us is called to holiness. The church unequivocally tells us that, that we're called to be holy. Ours isn't a secondary vocation. We are called to holiness. Our family life was designed by God. It is a vocation. It is a calling. Uh, and each of us as individuals even are, are to imitate Christ in his archetypal roles as a priest, prophet, and king. Each of us, by virtue of our baptism and our membership of the church, we're to, to pursue how we live out those roles and our particular roles as husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and employers and employees, et cetera. And so uh, thinking of leadership, again, we, we often are always thinking of the person who's at the top of any organization. But what I wanted to think about today is how all of us are called to be leaders wherever we are and wherever we are in a particular group or organization. That's something I kind of want to explore a little mm -hmm. bit today. And what's that phrase? That phrase that is commonly used for that is managing, managing up. up. We hear that sort of, right. yeah. So you always have a mindset of setting the other up for success, yeah. whether or not they are above you in the hierarchy or below you. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, you know, um, we have people in the Catholic church who are above us in the hierarchy. Okay. But at the same time, Christ, his sonship and our adopted sonship, son or daughtership, you know, mm -hmm. it, um, makes us equal brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, it, it equalizes us. Right. Yeah. Um, so we ought to be able to meet any Christian believer mm -hmm. as if they are our brother or our sister in Christ. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I was thinking, one of the things that struck me and kind of got me thinking about this this week when we were talking about it was just kind of this idea that in a certain respect, to, to the person who is trying to, to fulfill that, like we're all called to be leaders, all of us. Like every single person is called to be a leader. And, and again, what we mean by leadership is, again, they're imitation, imitating Christ and being the person who takes the first step who initiates the good, who lays his or her life down for the other person. We're always to be that person. And, and part of the beautiful thing about the body of Christ and about the about marriage is sometimes you're, you're the recipient of that. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're the giver of that. We're all to do that for each other. Yeah. And so in a certain sense, I mean, we have, again, we have hierarchies in groups and again, we recognize in marriage that the husband is a, is a head of his wife, you know, in that, uh, in that important sense and the head of his household. And in the church, we have priests and bishops and the Pope and all that. Mm -hmm. But in a, in a, in a different respect, up and down are kind of relative terms in a hierarchy. That's something, that, something I was thinking about this week, right? The, the people who are below you in an organization, you know, in a factory or whatever, mm -hmm. and the people who are above you, if you're living out your vocation to be a leader, in some sense, your relationship to them is the same. You're trying to set both people up for success. You're trying to help them be mm -hmm. the best version of themselves, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I have a couple of examples for this, but I'm going to go with the kids first. Yeah. So the other day I was trying to express to the kids that even though it's not your fault 
that mommy is fussy, okay? <laughs> it's not your fault. But I felt like I had felt this nagging concern that this is not doing them justice mm -hmm. to who they are and who they're called to be. And I, I eventually was talking to the children and saying like, okay, it's not mommy's, it's not your fault mm -hmm. that mommy was upset. Right. Okay. But you play a role. Yeah. Especially the older kids, you play a role as to whether or not we're going to have a successful breakfast, I think, or a successful dinner together, mm -hmm. or whether or not, you know, mommy and daddy are eventually just going to throw our hands up and just be like, okay, dinner's done. We can't yeah. have a, you know, but just bringing them into, to realizing that like you yeah. play a part in our family. Well, and actually I like the right? way that you said it too, in a conversation, it really, it really struck me. Like even thinking about this question, we can ask kids, like, are you helping, are you helping mommy be the best mommy she could be? Are you helping daddy do that? You know, it, it, part of this whole conversation is, is it's so easy to get stuck in this mindset again. And this is, this is especially true in the modern world where we're so suspicious of hierarchy. We're so suspicious of, of anything higher or lower. We automatically assume that means the worst because we're all in a, in a mindset of, of, of kind of thinking of a zero sum game that hierarchy means someone else has more power than me and they're going to abuse me with it rather than all of us thinking, no, 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 no. Every organizations have hierarchies for the purpose of, of fulfilling the mission of that, of that hierarchy. But each of us should be trying to help, help the other person be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, what can I get away with? It's no, what can I do? What, what am I called to do to serve all the people around me to help them be the best, whatever it is they're supposed mm -hmm. to be. So the people around me, again, it's not like, it's not a power struggle. It's an opportunity. I'm surrounded by opportunities to in imitation of Christ, serve and lay down my life yeah. for the people around me. There's a quote from John Paul II that was actually on our wedding favors. Yeah, that's And right. I had absolutely no idea how how true this would play out in family life. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna paraphrase it because I wasn't ready to talk about it, but it's something like in a family, each member of the family needs to be in particular the servant of all the others. Mm-hmm. And I frequently, I frequently say this to the kids, especially when we're doing our homeschooling around the table time, because I have it up on our, our board. And I, and I say to them that, okay, if everyone is working to serve the family, do you have to worry about whether or not you are being taken care of? And the answer is no, right. because if everybody is working to set everyone else up for success. Yeah. Everyone else is working towards setting you up for success. Yeah. And in, in like your, your love and your service multiplies yeah. really. It's not a division. Like if I give this person, if I give this person, I'm going to be divided in four ways. It's yeah. more like a multiplication of everybody's talents right. and everybody's successes, you know? Um, so everyone is being supported and everyone is being nurtured. Yeah. And, um, you know, particularly in between spouses, mm -hmm. I always feel like my job is to set you up mm -hmm. in the particular areas where you're most vulnerable for success. Mm -hmm. And you do the exact same thing for me. Mm -hmm. You, you support me in areas where I may be the weakest. I'm thinking in particular right now, breastfeeding, yeah. um, like, you, you're always supporting me and caring for me yeah. during that time where I feel like I'm wasting my time because the only thing I'm doing is like breastfeeding a new baby, mm -hmm. but you're just so caring and so supportive and you take care of me in that way mm -hmm. so that I can be set up for success 
you know, and establish this, you know, one or two year breastfeeding relationship with the baby. Those are really yeah. specific examples. Um, yeah. You know, in the culture, we, we have images of, of the male, female, husband, wife relationship as always being a power struggle, just like everything else is seen as a power struggle in the world. Just rolled my eyes so you know, hard for everyone who's well, and, just listening. And we came into marriage <laughs> with those images out there and wanting to, to have a, a godly marriage, wanting to have a a marriage that's in accord with, you know, the, this image that we get from scripture, but still not really showing how that plays out. Like how, how does the actual play out husband and wife? And even this topic of leadership and managing up, I think I experienced this a lot in marriage because I think I came into marriage with a lot of weaknesses, you know, a lot of selfishness, a lot of, a lot of um, kind of slothfulness as many men in our culture do just kind of like, I want to take care of myself and I'll love you in this qualified way, but don't ask me to like stand up and take responsibility. Don't ask me to lead. Like, like, you know, and you did a great job. I mean, you were coming at this a little blind too in our marriage to try to figure it out, but you did a great job as we went in our marriage of like finding ways to try to, to build me up. Cause you, you saw that you wanted me to be a good husband and a good father and you saw that that would make me happy and that would make our marriage work and that would make our family flower. Uh, and you did it like, I don't think I was a, a great husband or father when I first got married and you did a lot of great job. Again, this, by again, this concept of managing up, that doesn't mean, again, if we think of things in terms of power, people are thinking about, well, taking power from above, you know, rather than, again, we're thinking of this in, in terms of, um, and setting the people around you up to be the best versions of God's, mm -hmm. of what God's called them to be. Um, and you did a really great job with that. You know, like you, I think we, we matured a lot in our marriage early on because you were, you were a little patient with me. And you also realized, I think, I mean, you can talk about this yourself too. I think you kind of recognized in yourself that you wanted me to be, you had a desire in you for me to be like a, a, a real man, like a, like, like, <laughs> like, like a, you know, a, a leadership a, a leader as a, a husband and a father. Yeah. I mean, I know? think you're right about, we all come to marriage thinking it's going to be a power struggle. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly how it's set up that's in set any up kind in of like culture. media. Yeah. And, and in many of our, our real relationships, like a relationship means that you're always trying to hoodwink your husband out of something yeah. or, you know, um, everybody thinks that they're getting one up over the other person. Mm -hmm. And I do remember when we first got married that I just had this thought that like our marriage is going to be totally sacramental. Like we're going to have, we're going to pray the rosary every night and we're going to do this and that. And I came with a background of like having my conversion from mm. a Marian apparition and having like this very Marian and physical sacramental, like yeah. I wanted holy water sprayed everywhere. Very and I want my husband sort of spirituality. Yeah. Like yeah. I wanted my husband to do the holy water spraying because that's what he's supposed to do. And, but nurturing you, mm -hmm. not this idea of a husband. Yeah. You know, it was very obvious to me that every time I brought up a sacramental, you would go quiet. Mm. Right. And mm. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was really uncomfortable with a lot yeah. of, a lot of the spirituality yeah. that was normal for you and things that I wanted in our marriage and family, but like, I didn't have a place, a category in my mind for sort of leading in some of these ways that you mm -hmm. wanted me to, and I wanted myself to, and it was just new territory for me completely. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say that I had yeah. excellent judgment. This was definitely an yeah, inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. this was God's grace leading me in this moment because I would have fought tooth and nail for my sacramentals, mm -hmm. but I didn't because I mean, I really like the Holy Spirit told me to just wait mm -hmm. and to truly, what's that phrase from the breviary? 
make justice your sacrifice and trust in the Lord. I had thought that many times I was like, I think it's more right for us to pray a rosary. Like, I think that that's objectively right. We should be praying the rosary, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this my sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust that because I'm not going to force my husband to muscle through this sacramental because I know it's right for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that paid off big time in grace. (laughs) Like somehow it made, it made an opening for grace Mm -hmm. in our marriage. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about virtue for a minute because I think it'll introduce some concepts and principles that will help the, the conversation there. Like one, I've thought a lot about how, you know, whether in leadership or in evangelization is another area where I've thought about this, that virtue, the concept of virtue, which we've talked a lot about here on the show, it gives us some of the specifications for understanding like what we're actually trying to do when we when we lead an organization or, or lead people or, or in, again, in my case, you know, a father, a family, the husband, the kind of leader of our family, right? You know, or um, or what a priest is trying to do. Or again, I mentioned evangelization. When we're trying to evangelize other people, what are we really trying to do? And virtue gives us a couple qualifiers that are that I think are really important. And one of them is that for something to be virtuous, for virtuous action, virtuous habit, a person has it has to be free action, free action, free choice. Right. If a virtue isn't, if an action is not free, it can't truly be virtuous. It can't truly be good if they're if they're coerced into it or browbeaten into it or manipulated into it. And so, like for instance, again, when we we evangelize, there's all kinds of bad ways to evangelize. It's funny Pope Francis, you know, mentions this from time to time. He gets really down on proselytization, and you know, if if we're understanding things the same way, those terms, terms the same way, I agree. Right, evangelization that that strays into coercion, or mocking, or trying to or fear, or fear, yeah. or trying to lure people. In. Like the, our goal should always be trying to, to to facilitate and help and encourage a person to make this beautiful act of faith in Jesus. That's totally free. That's totally their choice. Totally their free response to God's grace. That's what we want to create. And if that's what we're trying to create, that virtuous act. Well then, we got to be a lot more patient sometimes than we we are. We have to we have to be patient with them. We have to be a lot more gentle. We have to do a lot more, you know, uh, proposing rather than imposing. To use that mm-hmm. that old distinction, because it has to be a free choice. That's what we're trying to create or help them is to that 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 free decision that's theirs, right? Yeah, yeah. And so in response, you know, in regard to this conversation about leadership, I think it's the same thing too. The people around us, when, when we talk about trying to set them up for success, what we're trying to help them is to make their own free choice to act out the role that God's given them. It has to be free, which means we can't manipulate them or nag them into it, you know, uh, or, uh, you know. Yeah, or, or place all the burden on them. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's what got us thinking about and talking about this topic mm-hmm. is that I have never understood when people come up and say, I apologize on behalf of all of, you know, all of people I represent, okay? Except for I felt this the other day Mm -hmm. and I felt so sorry. And I felt like I wanted to apologize to this person Mm. for every person, (laughs) for all the laity, okay? Um, I don't wanna get super specific in this, this example, but, I was having a phone conversation with a priest friend yeah, and I was bringing a solution to him Mm. and I just needed his 
yay or nay, right? And I realized that because of all the baggage of all the laity complaining or up whatever, to this know. point, I could see he wanted to say yes and he wanted to help me and he loves me mm-hmm. and wanted to trust in me. Mm-hmm. But because everyone's always bringing him problems, mm-hmm. he like had this really intense reaction. And, as, and I'm sitting there and I'm on the other side of the phone and I'm just smiling because I've seen myself there. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody brings me something and I react mm-hmm. because I'm wounded and I just wanted to be like, father, mm-hmm. I am sorry. I'm, be- I'm sorry for the laity. I am sorry that we have like heaped onto you all of the needs and wants of every micromanaged ac- aspect of our lives mm-hmm. that we ceded our freedom and our virtue, mm-hmm. hoping that my parish or my priest would just do it for me. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, I wanted, I wanted, I mean, like we, we had a long conversation about what it means to like set the tone mm-hmm. and bring your priest solutions rather mm-hmm. than problems. And when you hand someone a solution, right, it's a, it's something you've thought about for a long time yeah. and you've, you've anticipated problems and tried to solve them ahead of time. But then you lift those up to the person who's above you. Mm-hmm. And like you give them free choice as to whether or not they say yes or no. Right. And so I don't know, like I just, here, I'm going to turn the conversation over to you because I think I could ramble a little bit. Yeah. Well, I want to, that whole, the concept of bringing solutions and problems, I think is a really interesting one, really important one. And again, another another distinction that's connected to that, that I want to bring out there that you were talking about, which is like the difference between complaining and like initiating a conversation about solutions. I think that's another important one too. Like it's it's one thing to be like, oh, the church sucks so bad and my parish and all that. And father keeps blah, 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 blah. It's a different thing to go to father and say, father, I'm concerned about this. And, you know, is there something that can be done about this? Can I be, can I help with that? Is there something I could do to make that better? It's a whole different conversation or in a marriage, just say, oh, the kids were so bad today and I just, and everything sucks and blah, blah, blah. Versus I'm really concerned about this. I'm having a hard time with this. And like, help me, help me think through this, you know, so that we can, we can make it, make it better. Like that, it's a very different kind of conversation. Right? Yeah. 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 You're, you're I wasn't, always, you're I'm not always being very aggressive kindly here. encouraging me to have the latter conversation with you instead of the former. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I get it. Like I, it's, again, it's, I'm yeah. not being passive aggressive. I, I get it. Cause I, I certainly have areas no, in my life. You're not being passive aggressive because I, yeah as someone who spews information, just like my <laughs> beloved priest friend. Right. Um, I ha- I know when I'm saying yeah, things and yeah. I want to unsay them. And But that was, you know, I mean, that, that scenario, it was a great one because you really were coming <laughs> to him with something you, you'd thought out and you were offering to him as a solution that, that again, it wasn't going to require more work of him. It was, it was simply, well, and it was a meal train. Like you wanted to set up a meal train for a month. Oh, sorry. I don't want him to know. Meal trains aren't that specific. I mean, yeah. yeah. But um, like, Setting, being a parish builder, mm-hmm. a parish builder is not about having the parish run a bunch of programs for you. Yep. It's about recognizing your own power. And that, that word now has so much baggage, mm-hmm. but it's like your own power as a baptized child of God mm-hmm. And the fact that you have two hands and the ability to do things, and right? intellect and a free will and, and creativity. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because the, the way in which the laity, laity have acted, who um, sometimes I think we act more like lawyers or people on committees who just want to get 
hmm. achieved something or get something for ourselves or argue for a particular thing that we think is going to make our whole life better. Um, instead of being, whoop, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Um, this is, this well, is real life. Let people. me pick up some of those threads. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> let me look at my notes. It, it's, go I think it. one of the places we can go here is just thinking about what, what, what leadership and what this concept of managing up, if it's a positive thing, what it is and what it isn't. And again, what it's not is of seeing our, our power as something to get what we want in a selfish way or even an altruistic way. I mean, that's another issue too, whether, whether you're talking about leading people below you or trying to be a good, a good, um, you know, partner with someone who's above you in a hierarchy. It's never about either your selfish desires or even your agenda. Like there has to be this attachment from agenda because what, what, what has to be the case is that you want what God wants. Whether you're thinking about the person who's beneath you in an, in an organization or it's your boss, you have to be wanting what God wants. And so you have to set your own agenda aside and you, you don't know what God wants for the organization infallibly. You don't. But there are some things you can know confidently, surely, utterly, no doubt, 100%. Mm -hmm. You can know that God loves that person. You know that God wants that person to be holy and to be a saint. And you want, and you know that that, that that means that person is virtue, that they have to be making free choices of their own. So maybe the next step for that person is to discern what, what the game plan is, what the next step is. And so you're praying for them. You're fasting for them. You're encouraging them. You're building them up. You're maybe initiating conversations that are helpful to them, but you're not in there with an agenda to manipulate and try to get your way. You're there to try to help that person hear God's voice and make a, a, a virtuous act of faith and obedience to God and stepping forward. That's setting them up for true success. Mm -hmm. And again, that's true whether you're talking about your employee or your employer or your your children, you know, or uh, you know, or your husband or your wife, that you're trying to set that other person up for making the next great virtuous choice that God has put in front of them. I, I, I guess another thing I will say about this too is that again, we're always talking in terms we we're always talking here in terms of, of virtues. And virtues, I think, prescribe out there what we're trying to help happen in another person, but also recognize that it has to, we need to be practicing the virtues in us that that bring that about. Like it's it's an it's a real practice of prudence to understand to to really grapple with the reality of the other person and their personhood, their dignity, their role, their calling, so that I can separate again in, in prudence, separate my desires. The outcome I'm hoping hoping to make may happen, and really my my choice my choice to to want and to work for God's will, that's this that's a habit we have to cultivate and get better and better at because it's always easy to slip back into you know, being really attached to a certain outcome that I want to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I th I think we also need to be salt and light mm -hmm. for our pastors. Now I'm thinking back in terms of of pastors. Um, we need to model the um, the attitude that we want to see. Oh, how, how do I, yeah. how does one put that? Like, we need to be the example mm -hmm. of a, a good response, right? Yeah. So, if you're a parent, um, especially a parent of little children, mm -hmm. everything for those little children is an emergency. Okay, everything, everything for a three-year-old is an emergency. Needing a drink of milk is an emergency. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's milk! like they, they milk. <laughs> That's David, right? Yeah. Like, like, why are you yelling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the volume turned down because I put the volume. <laughs> we can't rewind. Um, like everything's an emergency and your job as the adult mm -hmm. is not to get drawn into their emergency, into their franticness. I think Michelle Duggar said this once. Mm. I, I was watching, you know, one of their, their TV shows. And she said that like, you're not to get drawn into their emergency. Mm. Um, and so similarly, like when you're proposing something that might be challenging mm -hmm. or, or you didn't realize it would be, it was challenging. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just said it, you need to model then the behavior mm -hmm. that you, you hope <laughs> that, that that person, cause like some people are reactors. I'm a reactor. Mm -hmm. If you say something to me, I'm going to react first mm -hmm. and then I'll, I'll dial it back. Yeah. So even recognizing about that, that about somebody else, like, okay, they may just need to react mm -hmm. in this moment. I'm just not going to get wounded by their reaction. I'm going to yeah. let them react, not going to take it personally. And then my calmness hopefully will bring them back to calmness. Mm -hmm. And then we can have an actual discussion, discussion about right. facts, right. right? About the actual facts of the situation yeah. and not the response. That's a great And point. I'm not going to yeah. get wounded by the response. So we're not going to worry about my feelings. And, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Even just knowing that sometimes that this might just be the person's reaction. That's a great point. It's a great example of how when we <clears throat> when we're practicing virtue, we're becoming more stable, more prudent, more just in that we we're kind of more settled into our various roles and we've organized them rightly and we're working them out and courage and temperance, the whole the whole thing. When we're doing that better, then we're able to be this this truly fruitful sounding board. You know, this, this person that the other, another person, maybe they're going through a tough time mm -hmm. and we can meet their emotion. We can meet their frustration. We can, we can meet it. We can receive it. And rather than retaliating or going off and gossiping, we can, we can be there. We can, we can, we can like, it's got fireball. We can like grab yeah. it and hold it. <laughs> and then we can offer it back to them and help them move toward yeah. a solution. I think that's a, it's a really great example there, Teresa. Yeah, Cause we're all, we're all that person. Sometimes we're all that person who's yes, just like, yes, got a no, lot I'm of learning stuff. from myself. Gotta, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking like, like St. Paul, who's like, is it St. Paul or is it St. Peter? Who's like, Not sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm teaching, I'm teaching yeah. and I hope I end up winning in the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I Cause it's like <laughs> all of these things that we talk about on mm -hmm. this podcast are because we are sinning every day and reflecting upon our sin <laughs> and going to confession. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's no, there's no facade in marriage anymore. Like I've seen you at your worst and you've seen me at my worst mm -hmm. and we both have to like, and, and our children too, our children see us both at our worst. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And we have to come back from that, um, and go forward not be like Judas and yeah. go off and it's all lost. You know, I'm going to go hang myself, Right. you know, I wanted to think a little bit more for a moment about, Again, this the concepts of leadership, and we're all called to be leaders. We're called to lead those above us and below us. You know, all all the people around us. We're called to be, in imitation of Christ, leaders to them, initiators, encouragers. We're to lay down our lives for them. There's all that. Well, I think this again especially becomes poignant, difficult, but fruitful in situations precisely where we we have bad bosses or or troubled bosses or or not the best priests in the world or not the best, you know, whatever you think of your bishop or your pope, we're, we we will all find ourselves in situations where we have people above us that we don't think they're doing a good job for whatever reason. You know, mm -hmm. maybe their own brokenness, their own woundedness, their own baggage, whatever it is, 
they're not doing a good job. And so what do we do about that? And right, we know all the things we shouldn't do about that that aren't helpful, you know, mm -hmm. complaining, gossiping, backbiting, manipulating them or whatever. Those are all out. We just know that those are non-starters. But what can we do? And I think this, this line of thinking gives us some ways to approach those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, the specification of virtue, I think, I think is one. Um, but I think recognizing that, well, okay, so here's one, one thread I wanted to tug here. It's just that, you know, again, a lot of times people are, are struggling and they themselves feel trapped, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the best gifts we can give them is, again, to set them up, to set them up, if they're, if they're trying, but they're not quite getting it, setting them up for, again, a success, mm -hmm. something that's truly theirs, something that, that really does build them up and, and, and give them this point of pride. Like to, to help someone above you to, to succeed, that might be truly healing for them, to help them have something that, you know, that is theirs. That is theirs. Because I made, you know? because you helped them make their own free will decision and conquer whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. That that scenario that you helped them achieve is theirs right. and can never be taken away right. from them. And again, this is another place where it's like, I think to the person in this in a leadership mindset, mm -hmm. in this in this kind of mindset, there's just no above or below you. Mm -hmm. Everyone around you is someone where you're trying to give them that gift. You're looking at their life and you're saying, Lord. I know you have a, a, a plan for them and maybe I don't know what it is, but I want to, in the ways that are available to me, I want to pray for them and help encourage them to, to make that step that will glorify you, will serve the people around them and will give them a real sense of, of worth and of dignity, right? That's one of the best gifts you can give to another person is to help them make that step, right? Yeah. When, when you asked that question, hmm. The first thing that came to my mind was stability. Mm -hmm. Like the best gift you can give to that other person when they're reacting or they're not sure, or they're a bad boss, mm. right? They're mm. bad, they're in bad, they're bad at leading, mm. okay? Mm. Is stability, mm. okay? Um, and sometimes unless it's like absolute, you're sinning mm. or you're breaking a law, sometimes even just being the last person to react mm -hmm is a very easy thing to do, right? Mm. So you're in pastoral council, right? Mm. And the priest says something mm -hmm. and everyone freaks out, okay? Sometimes just waiting and considering and being quiet and thinking yeah. may allow that other person who is now being attacked, right? Yeah. To have some <coughs> something stable to look at, yeah. right? Maybe, yeah. maybe this isn't the best example, no, but I, I think, I think really that one. not reacting yeah. can sometimes buy you, earn trust, earn yeah. trust, okay? Yeah. Show them that you are trustworthy and you're not just gonna start running your mouth, right? right? And that maybe if I come to this person and just say the things I need to say, yeah. They might just receive it. Well, I think that's, right? again, it's the salt and light thing that you talked mm -hmm. about. Like, if by, by you being who you are, you know, again, and practicing the, the virtues in that moment of, of not flying off the handle and not giving into fear, or just by being that point of stability, you're giving them an anchor to build mm -hmm. off of or to go to. Another example I was thinking of here, just, and this is, I think, in any organization, like one of the role of a leader, uh, of someone who is, you know, like, managing an organization or, you know, a, a marriage, a family, a church, whatever, is to give clarity and direction, right? Clarity about what our mission is and direction. Now, sometimes the direction in terms of like what the organization is doing now 
you as someone who's lower in that hierarchy may not agree with it perfectly, right? Like again, at a parish, like, okay, there's a million things our parish could be focusing on right now. Youth ministry, evangelization, the liturgy. It may be that your priest picks the one that isn't your favorite, you know? And obviously if it's something sinful, then you go to your priest and you talk to him about it, right? <laughs> like I suppose. But most of the time that's not the case. It's just that maybe their emphasis is different than what you would have picked. And it may be your place to go to him privately and respectfully to talk about that. But ultimately, if he, as the pastor of the parish, makes a decision, yep, this year we're really going to focus on Bible, you know, get the whole parish Bible study. Okay. Well, there's always this tendency, again, of people, if, if they don't agree perfectly with that direction, to kind of like only half-heartedly go along with it and maybe even tacitly resent it or obstruct it. And then, yes, you will contribute to that leader failing and the whole organization suffering. But, but sometimes, if, again, if the direction may not be your, like what you would have chosen, you also recognize, but, it's, but there could be worse things. And the best thing for this organization and for this leader and for all of us is for us all to be going in one direction behind this leader. Because mm -hmm. then once you tackle that thing, well, then you can go on to something else. Yeah. And so that's sometimes, I think, uh, one of these ways of managing up to is, is like certainly giving your input, but be sure that you're, you're praying for your, if we're talking in the, in, in, the, in the parish, praying for your priest. And ultimately when, when that vision session happens and, he just, you know, and, and an agenda is set for that next year, you really support it. You really try to help it succeed. Because uh, you're also trusting that through that process that that person, by, by them carrying out this virtuous action, that they're becoming better, that God's working on them. Maybe there's ways that God needs to work on them. Well, he's going to be able to work on them better by you cooperating with that whole process. Yeah. And yeah. we've done this so many ways in our marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm even just thinking about homeschooling on right. our end. Um it was like the least desirable thing I could have ever thought of when we mm -hmm. were thinking about getting married. And I think if you had had a big <coughs> fight with me right. or really objected, um, it might've become a huge problem in our marriage, mm -hmm. you know, but you, I think you just literally held me and let me cry mm -hmm. over how sure I was that I wasn't going to give up everything mm -hmm. I've ever. And I, I didn't even know where these words were coming from. I had never even thought them before. It was just what I had heard. Mm -hmm. Like I was going to give up everything and stay at home and school these kids. And we, I didn't even know how to school we, kids. We came into marriage with a lot of feelings and worries, you know, but yeah. that, that was part of it. Yeah. The saying like, like we, we're going to focus on one thing at a time. And part of it is we're, we're going to trust that when the time comes, we're going to be ready for that next. And thing. in yeah. my freedom, yeah, in my freedom of coming me deciding to school our children. Mm -hmm. That wasn't you finally winning. Yeah. That was me deciding. And now it's like, <coughs> I couldn't imagine any scenario in mm -hmm. which we wouldn't still be homeschooling. Right. Not because I'm a stickler and I stuck my flag in the sand, but because mm -hmm. it was my free choice. Yeah. And because it's something that I freely chose, mm -hmm. then when it comes to possibly dropping it, I want to be like, no, Let's sit back and think about how we can make this scenario still work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because I'm, it's my investment. It's me. It's what I've decided, yeah. right? And if it was something that my husband made me do, then I'm just waiting for the ball to drop so we can send the kids back to school. Right. You know? Yeah. And again, that's why virtue specifies what we're trying to, to help other people in because it, virtue always opens us up to more freedom and more creativity. You know, going, going backwards Amen. into sin yeah. always means more trapped in patterns, less freedom, less creativity, more monotony, more being locked up. 
And, and virtue always means the opposite of that, more freedom, more creativity. And so again, we can't fix everything at once, but sometimes the best way you can help the other person and yourself and the whole, whatever organization you happen to be in is helping that person take their next step in, in freedom. Again, whether that person is your boss or your employee is helping them take the next step because the more each of us takes steps in virtue and it becomes part of who we are, we all open up to greater freedom and greater creativity. And we just don't know what life might be like if we keep down that path. Right. And so that, yeah. that's part of the trust there too, that like, I don't see how you're going to fix all this God, but I'll take just one right step at a time. Yeah. I, I want to read real quick. Cause you, you mentioned it earlier and we mentioned it a couple of times, just that, that bit of the gospel there. Cause I think that it really bears on this, right? It's the, it's the passage from Matthew uh, chapter five, uh, verse 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I, I love that. And it's so relevant to this because, again, like by being who you're called to be, you you really do shine. You don't have to be. <laughs> we're not all the all the boss. We're not all the pope. We're not all this or that. But like we lead by being who we're called to be and then gently helping others to be who they're called to be. Yeah. Right? Salt is not the thing that takes center stage, right? And I, uh. Jesus is so smart here. I, Jesus is so smart here. <laughs> Let me tell you. That guy is so smart. <laughs> and the irony of this yeah. is that yeah. when I heard, when I would hear this, yeah. okay, in my youths, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. salt was bad, mm. right? A low oh, salt right. diet was healthy. Less salt, yeah. Everyone was on a low salt diet. See. And I was just like, oh, I always knew that gosh, was wrong. Jesus is just wrong. He's killing people. <laughs> so let's, yeah. Don't so first go of all, on a low salt, salt won't diet. kill you. But second of all, <laughs> but I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even identify with it because I didn't yeah. know what salt was because we weren't supposed to salt our food. Yeah. But now that like, I mean, now that I do salt my food, this sounds so stupid, but now that I do salt my food, mm-hmm. okay, the salt isn't the center stage, oh, right? Right. The salt brings out the flavors of, of the everything food. around it. You never got that before? No, it just, it just hit me. I think about Why it every time I that? salt something. Wow. Yeah. So you, you'll bring out the flavors of your marriage yeah. and your parish. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is like, I'm a real speaker. This is like, I'm a real speaker and making some kind of, well, Jesus made the analogy. (laughs) Okay. We better end this episode because now I'm talking about salt and we'll get into diet. And well, as all most of our episodes are, it's pretty messy, but babe, thanks for the conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I love talking to you stuff with you. And thank you for being here, for being part of this conversation (laughs) uh, about leadership and managing up and you know, a lot of the different uh, virtues and, and principles involved with that. Love to know what you think. So check out elevateordinary.com for archives and to contact us. We'd love, to, again, to hear what you think about that. Um, we can always revisit these topics, you know, as we keep thinking through them. So we encourage you. Hey, we're praying for you. Keep praying for us. Keep uh, pursuing virtue. Keep digging into your vocation. And we'll be back again with you sometime soon. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>